1: meet a new smartphone that can't install apps, doesn't have Facebook, and that's why people want it. Does it make life better? This is Device and Virtue.
2: Hello, welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we argue the wrongs and rights of technology and faith in
1: everyday life. We're coming to you from Chicago. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Hey, Chris. Today, we are talking about a smartphone, but it's not a smartphone. So you're talking about your phone, your old terrible iPhone. (laughs) Uh, hey, your I, iPhone from like happen, 2010. See, th- th- this is the thing. the 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 gauge for smart keeps moving. It's literally the dumbest phone I've ever seen. Uh, and you've seen a lot of dumb stuff, <laughs> right? A
2: smartphone that isn't a smartphone. What's
1: the teaser? What's the end? No, it's a it's a riddle. <laughs> That you have to you have to solve. It's a smartphone, but it's not a smartphone. Okay. What am I?
2: Wow, wow, yeah, I think it's yeah. a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> I
1: think that's also the Trinity. No, that's terrible <laughs> theology. Actually, that's modalism. <laughs> we're doing really well to start. Oh with. man, we're talking today about the Wise Phone. It's better than a smartphone, Chris. It's called the Wise Phone. Yes, the product is called Wise Phone. The company is called Techless. L- like.
2: Less tech.
1: Less tech. Techless. Not not without tech. Interesting. But yes, definitely less tech. It's the Wise Phone by Techless. Yes. So I got to interview Chris Casper, who is the founder of Techless. Oh, cool. And originator of the Wise Phone.
2: Okay, I'm looking at this phone, this website you sent me.
1: The Techless website.
2: I already see some problems with it. For instance, there's no colors on this
1: phone. (laughs) Well, there are colors. It's a beautiful, minimalist interface. Okay, so this is supposed
2: to be a phone for people that want a minimalist approach to technology. Is that right? I think so, yes. There's not app icons on here.
1: There are no app icons. There's really kind of very few apps per se. Yeah, right. Uh, so it does have your camera, Okay. which you love, oh, okay. which do, is important. I do like the camera. It has a calculator, which is really important because now that we have smartphones, none of us can do math in our heads. No, I
2: can't. Ounces, I don't know. Yeah. Ounces,
1: cooking, yeah. It does have maps. And oh, it okay. It Has a clock, so you so can you can tell the time.
2: Okay, I hope so. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, obviously, because because our phone became our clock a long yeah, time ago. Right? Our our internal clock has been completely right. thrown off right. by technology in general for eons. Right, right, right. Also, the light bulb did that. But we're, I'm with yeah. you. and then you can obviously make calls. And you can get text messages. So I don't even make calls on phones.
2: But yeah, this is really a phone that does very little. I've seen some phones like this. Like I saw one with a black and white screen that was almost like a Kindle. Yeah,
1: yeah, like yeah. Like a few years ago, yes. right?
2: But this isn't like that, right? That's yeah. like an Android sort of shaped phone. Yeah. But it has nothing else on it except like the clock, the calculator, the messages, the phone, the camera. And
1: like that's it. Isn't that great? Can you imagine all the freedom you would have (laughs) in life? You you would be so present to the world around you. There's
2: no Instagram on this. There's no Facebook. There's no Twitter.
1: No social media to polarize all of us.
2: Do you want to know what else was not on there? No podcast listening there, device and virtue, Mr. Adams. Ouch. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man, you're hitting me.
1: Um, So I don't know. So you interviewed Chris Casper. I mean, I'll listen to it. You're skeptical, I know. But take a listen and we'll we'll see what you think when we get back. All right. With me today is Chris Casper. He is a serial entrepreneur and founder of Techless, which is maker of the wise phone. Not a smartphone, but a wise phone. Chris, thanks for joining us today.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. You guys are on the front lines. We're right there with you. So happy to be
1: talking. Yeah, thank you. It's super exciting. We've been chatting for a couple of months. We've known each other probably for a year or so, but we're finally getting around to having you on the podcast, which I'm excited about. So I, I was reading your bio. This is actually like your third startup. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I've done a handful of things. Some of them may not be fit into the traditional startup category, right? Okay. Like running an Airbnb that oh, – right. I have this random castle in Arkansas that's like the number one booked Airbnb in the nation. Really? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's really random. And I mean, it has like a three-story turret, right? I don't know okay. if that counts as that, okay. but it's a good company. so, right. so
1: people need to go to find a castle in Arkansas.
3: Yeah, Stonehaven Castle. Stonehaven. So All right, is, Airbnbs
1: yeah. in – Arkansas. That sounds amazing. So you've worked on a film company. You've worked at a design agency, kind of leading both of those. And now you're leading this tech company called ironically called Techless.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's called Techless. And the funny thing is we got into an accelerator program called Capital Factory. It's a big thing in Texas for tech companies. Okay. Yeah. And they, and they almost didn't let us in because our name was like so hostile to the very notion of what they're about. And I'm like, no, just talk to us a little bit and realize who we are before you <laughs> yeah. just cross yeah, our yeah, name yeah, off yeah, yeah.
1: the list. Has it caused other challenges for you sort of getting into various conversations with people that are, that are like maybe tech heads wanting to invest in tech, but they're like, Techless, what are you talking about?
3: No, it I really hadn't been an issue. Typically I follow up with, Hey, We're not anti-tech. We're just putting tech in the place, and it it should be in our lives. And they go, oh, and it's no big deal, uh, and they they move on. That's (laughs) great.
1: So, yeah, your your main product for Techless, you've branded it the Wise Phone, and I'm curious, what differentiates a Wise Phone phone from a smartphone?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it kind of ties into the whole the the name difference too. I mean, think about a smartphone. It's all about what you can do. It's all about more. Okay. I mean, okay. you listen to the, the release from Apple. Hey, here's yeah. what we do. It's always yeah. more and better and bigger. Yeah. And ours is almost opposite. It's, okay. it's questioning the assumption that more is better for us. Mm. What's essential in life? What's mm. what, is your purpose, and that's what we're going to support. And so at the end of the day, it's very simple, very clean. It calls, it texts, it has no app store, you know, nothing you can get addicted to, no uh-huh. entertainment, just, you know, basic tools, clock calculator, that's it. It's, it's very, very basic here.
1: So you have sort of slimmed it down to what you guys see as the key features that someone needs to communicate in the modern world without being distracted?
3: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And, and it's not for everyone. I mean, I use a wise phone a lot of the time and there's okay. some times where I just put my SIM card in a smartphone. So it's not the end all solution. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we're really trying to serve a couple key markets where we're really working for kids, you know, as a first device, okay. something you can trust out of the box, you know, hardcore or maybe not even hardcore, but just digital minimalist. Like I would yeah. consider myself in this category. I've struggled with sitting down and Netflix are for hours on my phone. <laughs> and it's just, hey, you know what? You have to go be a little bit more intentional. You have to go to a computer or go to a TV and hit the play button instead of just lounging around. And that's kind of the other crowd. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's what our friend Andy Crouch says, available everywhere or easy everywhere. Yes. You know, this the smartphone has really made everything easy everywhere. It sounds a little bit like you're wanting to kind of locate some of those things so that if you're going to watch television, you're going to watch Netflix, you're going to do it on the TV. You're not going to do it on your phone. If you're going to surf the web and going to, you know, check out social media, you're going to do that from your laptop or from your desktop, you know, sitting at a desk or whatever, but you're not going to do it on your phone. So there's different places for different things.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a built in I mean, the phone itself doesn't do all that, but it's, it's built in boundaries at the device level. For your most common connection to the world, and it's just cutting back the number of connections in a way that you can't beat it. You know, you can't, you cannot connect to social media. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. it does is it it forces you to be intentional. You have to say, "Oh, I want to go check my email." I mean, I'm the founder of a tech company. I'm running teams in Pakistan and all across the United States, and I'm super connected. But yeah. when I go home at dinner at 5:30 p.m., six, I'm there, and I'm checked in with my family for an hour and a half, two hours yeah. put, them, put the kids to bed and then I can go back to work and check back <laughs> into work again and just one step of protection here
1: so take me back to the inception of this idea where were you what were you doing that you' you said I want to create a smartphone but it's doesn't have all the features like it actually it actually dials me back into just a few a few things that I can do really well with it.
3: Yeah, yes. I mean, it's always a series of moments, right? For any story sure, like this, sure. but, but one of the biggest ones is my wife and I were foster parents for twins, 10 and 13 year old girls, and they just had this history when we mm-hmm. had, when we got them, they said, Hey, they had this long history of deception and abusive tech and uh, some pretty dark places that had taken them. Wow. And we, you know, if you want to rule 101 for foster parents is, Give freedom, as much freedom as you possibly can. You know, their right. world has been flipped on its head. Just huh. as you know, who cares about their diet? Just give them sugar for a little season just to make them okay. feel comfortable, you okay. know. And so we were really stuck with this. What do we do? Because we've looked around the market and it's a pretty rough landscape. You know, I mean, flip phones, kids just think they're dorky. Um, yeah. And the truth is, is they're really actually some of the most vulnerable devices out there. There's no restrictions. It's just oh, not okay. a good situation. Okay. Smartphones, because of just device manufacturers, you know, Apple, Google, these guys don't care that much. They, they actually de- have defeatured in the last two years, parental controls on many levels of stuff. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, YouTube used to have a parental control setting and they just turn it off and it's not there anymore. So it's access to anything you want. And then filtering apps often have some of the same poles because there's just ways around at the edge at the device level. And so, you know, like, what do we do? We're really stuck. And we finally landed on Amazon Alexa as this device that we could just give to them. Again, it's all about freedom. Yeah. So we just gave them Alexa, and it was cool because we could trust them with it because it was this non-visual interface to the internet. So they had tons of fun. They listened to Beyonce a thousand times. I mean, we were just <laughs> sick of I will always love you. But it was their pet. It was their tech. It connected them, and then they connect them with each other. It made some fun memories for us, and our relate really huh. was because of that one piece of tech. And I was huh. like, what's the essence of what just happened? How, how did this work? What was so sweet about this moment? And I wanted to create that and realize it was device level specifically made for a, a group of people. And, and so we set out to make a device level. The recent just, I don't, I don't want to get into this too deeply, but it's the political turmoil that's gone okay. on the last year and a half or so. There's just a lot of people that are feeling really pushed out to the fringes of society and culture and big tech isn't serving their needs. And we're kind of like, hey, you know what? There's there's pain. We can help serve these people without their values, which is per device. So...
1: Hmm. I'm interested you've used this term a couple of times device level. can you explain a little bit what you mean by that?
3: yeah, yeah, so kind of another one of those moments that ties into the story and the inception of wise phone I'm in a fifth generation family business i'm I'm an owner and I was highly involved and we were transitioning from fortune to fit-in leadership, and we were also bringing about this massive change called lean it's a philosophy permeates every bit of the company, and one of the one of the tenets of lean manufacturing specifically airproofing things so think of systems that cannot be beat for example if you have a door when it closes and it's spring loaded so it closes every time right. and it locks automatically you can't forget to lock the door it's just it just solves okay. itself, you know, okay. or if you've got a speed bump, you can't go over to a hundred miles an hour without your right. bumper falling off. It just okay. kind of solves the issue of people speeding <laughs> if it's built well. Okay. The problem with all the devices that we looked at is there's just no device level protections. They're not error proof. There's always workarounds. There's always little sneaky ways that smart kids could find out. And, you know, kids are outsmarting an army of engineers in Cupertino, California. And we're like, okay, we can do better than this. So mm. we're Going for those error proofing concepts in our design, essentially. Okay.
1: You're building something people can't, it's not that they couldn't hack it, but they, they can't get around without kind of breaking everything in the process and making it kind of unusable.
3: You got it. It's like putting three bike locks on a bike. Sure. Someone might be able to steal it, but they're going to steal the one with one bike lock.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just,
3: it's a high level of intentionality that is a strong deterrent to hacking. Yeah, Bypassing the system. It's, yeah. it's one of the most unbeatable systems out there. Interesting. I mean, like like looking at kind of incremental solutions. Big tech's doing this. There's a lot of people making simple launchers. I don't know if you've ever put one on your phone, but mm. you put it on your phone and then you're like, oh, I can just... You leave the simple launcher. People leave these apps and they don't actually provide the protection and, and the kind of lifestyle that they're really looking for because there's always a back door. There's always a way out.
1: A lot of what Techless is doing is aimed at kids and how smartphones are interacting with kids lives. What's your thinking about the impact that screen time has on kids? Have you researched this or is this
3: part of what's motivating Techless? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the stats and I don't have them all memorized, but here's, sure. here's a crazy one. Like in the last year, Both depression and suicide rates amongst kids have gone up 90%. Okay. And that's because this lack of, I mean, COVID, the whole nine, I mean, we we are a more digital world than we were last year. Right. And so that lack of authentic relationship, you know, face-to-face interactions, community, whatever that looks like, has just had a spiritual impact on us. There's There's years of research here. I mean, little things like if you even simply have a phone at all. In a room, they did they did a study with two groups. Okay, this wasn't kids; this was adults. But it's talking about the tax on our attention here. Okay, if you have a phone, they did two groups. One group had their phone powered off in the room, took a standardized test, you know, on the table away from them. The other. One had the phone powered off out of the room, you know, they collected uh-huh. them at the beginning and the, the scores were, there's a 27% difference in the standardized test, <laughs> oh, which tells crazy. you, yeah, I mean, the phone's off and it's affecting right. our ability to focus and our mental state. I yeah. have this budding theory that focus is the next great. Goldmine talent. Like if you, if you're a person you can that can focus. focus in 10 years, you're going to be a CEO. Like, you know, that's just can solve <laughs> yeah, deep problems. Yeah, yeah, um, and, yeah. and so it all, it all connects, but yeah, back to screen time. It's just obvious. I mean, statistically, the more you use social media, the less happy you are, period. There's just mm-hmm. a direct correlation line and just mm-hmm. I could keep going, but you mm-hmm. get the idea. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We've talked a lot on our podcast about what you were saying about the sheer presence of a technology changes our habits, changes our thinking patterns, changes our attitudes. Even when we're not using whatever that technology is, its presence has an influence on the choices that we have and the choices we can make and the choices we can't make. Kind of at that device level, there are certain choices and affordances you're giving people. You're saying, hey, we wanna give people an option to not have options.
3: One of the big options, and this hit me between the eyes, is like we are empowering people with the choice or people deserve the right to a porn-free phone. There's right. not really a good option right there, but yeah. that's a new option that we're creating. I mean, uh. and so it's like, hey, right now to make that is actually really difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe with a 27-step process and accountability partners and like, you know, they're, they're, it's complicated <laughs> to have that option. So we're trying to simplify it. Just this is what you want. Then here, let's, let's make it.
1: We did an episode last year on parents and screen time. And you said you've fostered kids. You have some children of your own as well, right?
3: Yeah, I've got three daughters. Fourth one's coming like in a week or two or three weeks. Oh so man,
1: congratulations. That's super exciting. Have your kids, what's what's their sort of interest in smartphones today? Have you had conversations with them? Do they want an iPhone or an Android? And what's what's that conversation been like for you and your wife?
3: Yeah, so we're a little young. My oldest is four. Okay. We have a strict don't look at a screen policy, which okay. might be a little, you know, that's just, I mean, CDC says if you're under two, don't, don't look kids. Yeah. Um yep. And there's just nothing that we want them to do on it or look at it. And so. We just we have piles of books. I mean, literally, the kids rip through, stack up, play with. We've got millions of books at our house. That okay, just migrate around, and um, it's like building blocks plus reading. So that's yeah. our thing. Yeah. But I am connected to kids because this is part of our market research. I mean, I'm speaking at FCA Monday night. You know, um, okay. so one of the biggest themes that we're really exploring right now is the idea of dignity. What can you give a kid that is restrictive but still maintains their dignity? That's one of the big salt. One of the big things that our heads, you know trying to wrap our minds around because mm. a lot of the options out there aren't dignified. That's the best way to say it. You know, mm. they're a little embarrassing. You're saying other
1: sort of competitors to the wise phone you're saying are don't really dignify the kids?
3: Yeah, competitors or just alternate solutions. I mean, historically, if you look at the, you know, I've done market research on the history of kids' phones and okay. they fail. Big companies that make kids' phones fail because they make them for kids. They don't look like adult devices. And uh-huh, this is tied right. into my family. I mean, I gave, this is a test, I gave my little one year old a toy phone that lights up and plays and then a, a, a smartphone. <laughs> and you know which one she's playing yeah. with.
1: <laughs> no question. Uh, no question.
3: And, and so we've worked really hard. I mean, tons of time and effort putting, we've hired one of the world's best UX UI designers to make Apple esque experience. A very, very simple, very mature. I mean, it looks like it's an adult phone, but with purpose with kids in mind.
1: So have you, Put that phone in front of your one-year-old alongside a, a play phone.
3: I guess I could. They probably get tired of it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you can, can do. They could poke around on it a little, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll do that tonight. That's a great idea. I want to yeah. see. I'm curious now. So you mentioned,
1: you know, occasionally you do use a smartphone yourself. What is the smartphone usage like?
3: Yeah, it, it changes. I'm constantly testing new hardware devices where Okay, that's kind of the game. So like every two weeks, I'm trying something different. Really? <laughs> uh, and so a lot of times with Wise Phone software on it, yeah. a lot of times without it, you know, I'm I'm perpetually testing, right? I'm kind of the product manager. Uh, and so yeah. that's where my yeah. head's at. So I'm probably 50-50 realistically. I try to use Wise Phone as much as possible. I find myself in a better state. <laughs> uh-huh. When I do, you know, if I pack up and go to Pakistan, it's hard to travel with at this point. And okay. So I, Is it mainly in the United States? Yeah. We, we just decided to keep it simple and just serve the U.S. for now. So okay. we do have testers in Australia and New Zealand and some in Europe. I think we've got a guy in Germany just get a phone. Okay. So we're playing in those markets, but we're not officially selling because we don't want to file sales tax returns and stuff like that yet. But I mean, think about it costs a quarter million dollars to get FTC certification to sell in the U.S. Okay, well, how about Europe? How oh. about, you know, so it really starts getting complicated the further uh, out. Uh. And we're small. I mean, we're about 12 people deep here. And okay. so definitely have a global vision, but we got to survive. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you, you said that you're continuing to go for some other rounds of funding.
3: Yeah. So come next Thursday, super excited. We are pitching an event called Lion's Den. It's Christian Investors. Yeah, um, I've heard of it. We've been, we've been really connected to that community. I mean, some of our two advisors were the founders of Lionsden. Okay. Um, some of our, you know, our C level fractional guys or Lions Den guys, you yeah. know, been a huge part of, of creating Techless. And so in our series A, we're trying to raise a million dollars. We already raised one million. We're raising our second million now. That's and, uh, great. So we're just, yeah, we're just praying that, that other people catch the vision here. <laughs>
0: Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Cat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform.
1: I want to pivot a little bit. Why do you think people struggle to put boundaries around smartphones, such that we need something like the Wise Phone to actually help us here?
3: Now the show's getting good. I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, I've thought about this a lot. I, at the end of the day. My best answer would be it's human nature, right? We're okay. fighting our own self, selfish, sinful nature. Hmm. Uh, we we are built to want to be satiated in ways that don't honor God, or the ways that do honor God. But we oftentimes the lie of Satan is to satiate that desire with something else. And so, I mean, hmm. Tim Cook says he uses his phone too much. He's the CEO of Apple. Why why does he do that? It's just These things are, well, going back to the whole tool analogy, these things not only are they just tools that impress themselves upon us, but they are proactive in that they reach out to us, they grab us, they say, I need your attention now, Mm -hmm. and they're designed to be enticing. And so we fall for it. I mean, that's why I use (laughs) YSPO. That's why I created it. (laughs) You know, and then that's adults, right? I don't know if there's hardly anybody. Go ask around on the street. Is there anybody that actually is happy and content with their smartphone usage?
1: Yeah. I think you're right. So, Chris, my co-host, and I, I think, have fairly different approaches to our smartphones. You know, I turn off all sounds on my phone. I don't have it buzzing. And I would still say I use it more than I would like. It took off, though, with COVID. I mean, just the, the time at home, the time in the evenings when there's, I mean, other things to watch. But, I mean, TikTok is just incredibly, what's the word? Entertaining yeah. and oh, somewhat addictive. Yeah. I'm addicting. right there
3: with you, man. I've been sucked <laughs> in too. I-
1: <laughs> so w- what are notifications like on the wise phone?
3: Yeah. We want to make this delicate balance of, Hey, you have something, but at the same time, it's the least amount of invasion possible. Uh-huh. So, you know, how does that manifest itself in design? Well, we have this tiny little dot. It's like five pixels wide. It uh-huh. pops up if you get a, if you get a text message or a call. Um, okay. And that's it. Like that's the only notification. You know, all the sounds, we do have sounds associated with it. Sure. Um, just a fun Easter egg. I think we're going to have to change this because we've got some folks that want the standard <laughs> remote, you know, they're used to it, but all the sounds for round one for us were all generated by the human body, you know, whistles, snaps, mm. thumps, pops. I have got Michael Tate. I was in his studio recording the sounds. I did hear this. The talk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's
1: one of the, That's fantastic. he's one of the
3: messaging tones for us. So okay. if you got a text message, you can have Michael Tate going, Hey, that's, so, that's little,
1: fantastic. I mean, that, that feels like a selling point. I mean, I love DC talk. Michael Tate's great.
3: Yeah. I would love to get some more <laughs> famous folks in there just and have like cameos from who knows yeah. who, Justin Bieber. You just, yeah. Whatever. But if the, but if the notifications pile up to a maximum of five, so you know, you get 20 messages and you're not going to know that any more than five, we figured, okay, you're inundated and you'll check it when you want to. So interesting. And most you're ever going to see is five, five pixel circles and that's your message that says, hey, you can check this if you want it.
1: I'm on, huh. Huh. You know, very, very slim. It's interesting. What is it about human nature that we're drawn to anything shiny, anything flashing, anything ringing or buzzing? And there is this research around once it opens that loop of curiosity, we have to satisfy that curiosity. We have to close the loop and know Okay, who texted me, what was it about, what did they say, do I need Mm -hmm. to respond? All these questions are are raised in our minds. I wonder, you've talked about taking it to the device level and removing a lot of these distractions or temptations, but there's also a question for me around self-control and willpower, and how do we learn to practice self-control or learn to practice uh, willpower when we're not given the opportunity
3: yeah, well, two things I knew before getting onto this podcast. One, I knew that Chris was maybe not the biggest fan of what we're doing actually.
0: Host. <laughs> yeah, that might be true.
3: Some, I was expecting some, some hard questions and, and two, you guys are extremely sophisticated and nuanced in this conversation you're having. So I'm really excited to actually talk about some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, thank you.
3: But yeah. Yeah. Because that's where we need to be. We need to be dissecting not these big, huge, broad, polarizing statements. We need to get in the nuance because it is complicated. Yeah. Um. So sorry. Back. So back to your question, <laughs> the self-control thing. I mean, I, I would love to hear your answer after I get mine because okay. I'm really curious what you yeah. would say. Self-control is this muscle, right? Yep. And it's one of these things that we can build up. I mean, I've struggled with addiction in the past. It's one of these things that just you, you create little wins mm-hmm. and then create greater freedoms for yourself to create bigger wins. So, you know, if you're an alcoholic, you know, maybe after five years of being dry, you could actually walk into a bar, but you probably shouldn't walk into a bar the first, you know, two weeks after, after doing cold turkey here. Part of our heart now, I'm not sure how it manifests itself in the product, but part of our heart is to start small and kind of start to create some intentionally rough waters for particularly kids so that that they can grow that self control muscle in a healthy way. Mm. An example would be like we had a dad, one of a friend of mine called and said, Hey, my daughter's we you know, we found out that she's texting her friend at a twenty year old one ratio. So she'll send 20 messages to her friend oh, and wow. his, her friend will send one back. And they're like, Okay, honey, you know, let's sit down and talk about <laughs> how, you know and there was a good conversation about how to be a good friend that came out of that. And Amen. that was her kind of exercising her newfound freedom of having a new phone and, and yep. not being kind of awkward with it, huh. it led to a really good, healthy conversation and, and she's starting to she's starting to navigate the waters. And as right, time goes right. on, the intention of probably any parent is to release freedoms and to give greater control at right. a pro and healthy, a healthy pace. Right. And so I'm not saying we're doing that out of the gate, but that's our vision is to create increasingly more robust controls for parents to get greater and greater freedoms. I mean eventually you give them a car. Eventually they're moving mm, out of the house. Mm, mm, How can yeah. you prep for that? We want to start small and work our way up. So I'm not, we hadn't solved the equation yet, but I'd love to know your thoughts on it here.
1: So your vision is that maybe over time, the number of choices someone's making with the wise phone is actually increasing and they're, they're increasingly have, you know, a couple more choices, a couple more choices and they're able to kind of digest those over time rather than like having all of this freedom all at once and not really knowing what to do with it. Is that accurate?
3: Yeah. yeah, you work your way into it. It's like yeah. driver's ed and then you get the car and guess what? You have a curfew and eventually you don't have a curfew and you yeah. just kind of work your way into trust and eventually it's, you know, children are arrows, you're pulling back and then you got to let go at one point, but it's that intentional process mm-hmm. creating exactly what you're talking about, letting them struggle in mm-hmm. the right ways at the right times without some serious danger, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and at the same moment is, mm-hmm. is, the, is the intention at least.
1: Yeah, I appreciate your distinguishing between intention and how it's manifesting in the product because we often look at technology and say, well, you know, the person had such good intentions for, like, for example, the guy who invented the retweet on Twitter thought that it would help increase voices for people on the margins, people of color, and it actually created increased polarization, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, he came out with this good attention, but how it manifests in the product is actually entirely different. I appreciate your thoughtfulness and just awareness that how it actually gets translated into the technology we're creating yeah. is a lot more complicated than just, hey, we have good attention, so you should buy this.
3: Yeah. And the cool thing about us as a startup is we're pretty nimble. We can mm-hmm. shift the product around. I mean, we're literally shifting it right now. Cool. And But the the, the neat thing is that there's always higher level values that aren't entirely money driven that are providing the gifts and they're beyond our company. They transcend culture. They transcend time. It's what's our backbone or what we're creating here. And we keep coming back to that. And that keeps us from going into far left or far right field here. So
1: Uh, I think just gives evidence to how challenging it is to take these principles that transcend time and culture and translate them into our own culture and our own personalities and our own communities.
3: To be a little vulnerable here, one of the things that I'm personally lightly uncomfortable with right now Mm -hmm. is we give, we believe in transparency, right? Mm -hmm. The opposite of incognito mode on your browser. So Mm. we have every single call, text message, location, history. It's all on a family portal. Mom and dad can check it. I will say to date, we've had zero bad experiences with that. I mean, it has been an opportunity. All the stories we've heard have been loving parents carefully, maybe not being overly invasive, but lovingly walking their kids through situations. That has great potential to be abused and to be, you know, this, you know, helicopter mom, you know, there's there's Got some it. danger there that, that we're aware of. We can't solve mm-hmm. that problem today. But eventually we we'll want to tackle it and get into the fabric of that and start, mm-hmm. I mean, we want to help people understand how to have good relationships. And so if a kid gets yeah. a sex message, how do you respond? Let's, yeah. let's pull up uh, a speaker that you and I are in alignment that's a real, has a really good answer to that. And we can start uh, changing people or really uh, not changing them, but just giving them options here of uh, places and very vulnerable moments that our cell phones present. But there's an example of probably not what. Our greatest intention, but still an opportunity for something to go south here.
1: <laughs> and it makes me realize that for the, the core constituents for Techless, you know, the early adopters of it are going to be the people, the parents that are already thoughtful about what they're doing. They're, they're going out looking for this. And so as you expand and reach more, the very presence of the wise phone is going to challenge people to think about their own practices with their smartphone. Why do I have a smartphone instead of having a wise phone? What does that tell me about my own habits or my own desires? So it kind of has the opportunity to stand as kind of symbolically challenging people to think about what their practices are, even if they're not using it yet, right? Yeah, Which I think is really cool.
3: That, that gets our team excited. I mean, at the end of the day, we're here to change culture, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And even if we're not the ones making the change, that trickle-down assumption, I mean, we make design assumptions that are different. And guess what? If Google copies us and makes a porn-free phone, awesome. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you know, we might we might go out of business, but we just changed the world.
1: If I'm thinking about outsourcing willpower and self-control... It makes me wonder whether we as adults kind of got we we got feature phones and then smartphones fairly late in our maturing cycle. And it was all this freedom all at once. And so we don't actually have really great boundaries. And the people who designed it were just like us. They didn't have really an understanding of what they were doing. And I think it makes me wonder whether we can actually help kids be healthier than we are in 20 years, having better willpower, better self-control.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, I mean, just culturally taking a step back, looking at where we are in that conversation. I I wrote an article that said smartphones and the new fast food and it ties into that same, I mean, same conversation. Okay. So imagine early on, you know, McDonald's came out and all of a sudden we realized, wait a second, this is affecting us in a way that we didn't anticipate. We don't really like all the studies yep. start coming out and public opinion changes from it's the best thing in in the world to yeah. wait a second to yeah. I'm eating all organic, you know, and, and then, and then <laughs> McDonald's shifts and starts offering healthy choices and they right. put a salad on the menu, but they're still <laughs> selling big bags. It, it's the same thing. And we're kind of in the early stages of that conversation. I think right now studies are starting to come out. People are starting to question the assumption of, wait a second, this thing that we thought was so awesome is actually making us emotionally fat, oh, you know, uh, and 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 guess what? Big tech's starting to come out with incremental solutions, you know, healthy mm-hmm, choices, mm-hmm. digital. Oh, Apple has screen time controls now, <laughs> and the, the, you can dim your screen at 10 p.m. automatically, you know. It sounds like a salad to me. I think in 20 years from now, just how there's this sophisticated, developed understanding of fast food, and people making conscious healthy choices, and it's normal to eat organic. I was weird 40 years ago, only the super freakos ate, organic you know (laughs) we're doing that same thing right now you know it's kind of some of the weird the the, the adventurous people they're starting to recognize what's happening to us they're taking the leap of faith but 20 years from now i think we're going to be looking at the same situation so Mm -hmm.
1: i think the last question i want to ask on Techless's website there's a, a statement smartphones are addictive so there's this addiction narrative and framing and then there's this nutrition narrative and framing with the fast food and I'm curious, do you think one of those is a better way to think about our relationship to smartphones than the other?
3: Man, great question. One's <laughs> horrible. One's healthy. What are we pursuing? Health, like live a life the way God designed us to be. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. includes not being owned by or being enslaved by something, you know, that, that we don't really want. Mm. So that's the whole addiction side. And yeah. so being free of that. And then the other thing is just, I mean, it's like it's the difference between a relationship with the Lord and being excited about reading the word, as opposed to just abstaining from stuff that's sin. It's like you mm-hmm. need both. It's two sides of the equation and one feeds the other, they're interconnected. But mm-hmm.
1: I mean, this has been a question I've been asking myself to not to just ask a hard question, but it's something I'm really thinking about. Addictions are generally to things that in and of themselves don't have a healthy component to them. alcohol. Brings a little bit of joy sometimes, but like large quantities aren't healthy. And even in small quantities, I, I guess maybe some wine for your stomach, right? Or for your heart is good. But then with food, food is where we're made to eat. And and so there is, there's a healthy quantity there. And then mm-hmm. kind of there's quantities beyond that. But we can also have very unhealthy relationships with food. We can have kinds of addictions to food. So Maybe in some sense it's a spectrum between nutrition and addiction, and addiction is sort of this this space beyond the nutrition aspect. I do hear you know people say smartphones are the new cigarettes, and they're going to addict you. They're designed to addict you, and they're they're completely unhealthy for you, which I don't think is actually true. But thinking about it in a nutritional standpoint, like some is good, too much is a bad thing.
3: Absolutely, and you're right; it's a balance. And and the cool thing is that. Within that, there's a lot of grace. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. when I speak, people feel very convicted or condemned or like I'm coming down on them. That's not the goal. You're right. If you go far to one extreme and are completely owned by Mm -hmm. your tech, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're out of balance. If you say, I'm a Luddite and I'm never going to touch a thing, (laughs) you know, and like I don't use credit cards that they just keep going really follow, then you've lost your effectiveness in the kingdom of God and reaching culture. Mm -hmm. And so what is that balance? And God gives us grace within it. It comes down to personal conviction, wisdom. You know, it's, it's complex, but. Just, I think asking the question is half the battle.
1: That's a great place to end, I think. Asking the question is half the battle. Chris, thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us on Device and Virtue. And the, the, the company is called Techless. The product is called the Wise Phone. Where can people find all of these things?
3: If, if you're interested in Wise Phone, just go to techless.com. We sell them online. If you're interested, you just buy a phone. We're compatible with most carriers. You put in your SIM card. You have a family portal account, you create an account, import your contacts. It's pretty straightforward. We've tried to make it very streamlined. That's one of the fears people have. So awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. You like I said, you guys have a whole nother level of sophistication. I've really enjoyed this conversation a lot. Thanks for doing what you're doing and just asking the hard questions because that's where we need to be. So
1: well, Chris, that was my interview with The other Chris, Chris Casper. Yeah, that was confusing. And and man, he was super thoughtful. He's like a serial entrepreneur, but like he's also thinking deeply about these things. Wisely about these things. Wisely (laughs) uh, about these things. And I I really appreciated talking to him. He was so game for, you know, our approach to things, which I was really appreciative of. Yeah, right, right,
2: right. We're so so awesome.
1: (laughs) I'm feeling good after that. So Chris, after you've listened to that, would you get a wise phone?
2: Well, Chris himself thought that I would be a little bit critical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, knew where,
2: he knew who he was up against. In the middle of this interview, he's like, well, I think Chris might not like this. I'm like, oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, he got uh, the
1: friendly interviewer, right?
2: <laughs> you were the friendly one. I, I, you know, would I use a wise phone? I will say, and I'm going to pick right away, Chris said he didn't use it all the time. Yep, that's fair. Uh, that's like fair. That he couldn't use it for a lot of things, that whether he was traveling or there was just certain situations, I assumed for work that it just didn't work. You know, you can't use Slack. you I got to do work yeah. on that. There are a lot of things that you cut out that maybe not great for us. Instagram scrolling every night might not be good, but there's a lot of legitimate things that we do with family or for work or for travel that might be really hard to do on these things. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, there's a bunch of entertainment things that maybe we don't necessarily need, but there's a bunch of work things, a bunch of tools, if you will, on our phone that kind of become necessary to us just even functioning at work. Absolutely. And, you know, I've ranted about this for years, and you've agreed
2: with me that we can't just say phones are bad. You know, I mean, there was a book years ago, Christian books like, everyone put their phone in a basket when they get home and don't <laughs> use them. You know, saying we can't decide the phone is bad. We got to talk about what we're doing on the phone. If I'm mm. playing Candy Crush all the time, 24 mm-hmm. hours a day, or if it's Adam looking at Tic Tac till his brain is numb, maybe we should do something about hey, it. Hey, I have a
1: 45 minute limit, okay? <laughs> you do, but you press the delete thing on that. Uh,
2: <laughs> but if we're interacting with people, relationships, doing the work that God called us to do, a lot of times, that's necessary work and so we have to talk about what we're doing on the phone and I know you agree with it Mm -hmm. but I think Chris agreed with that too yeah here's the thing I liked a lot about it he actually used this term about lean manufacturing there's business books on this and you know people try to go how can we streamline the process so things sort of happen automatically so you don't have to make choices because there's fall downs and big complex processes every time you're going to make a choice. He used an example about a door closing. Mm-hmm. Like if a door closes automatically, yeah. like on its springs, like that's a good thing because no one has to think I got to close the door in that sequence every right. time they walk through the door. Right? Right. The door right. does it on its own. And that was a good example of sort of this philosophy. Can mm-hmm. you make it s- simple? He was saying this phone sort of makes it simple to you don't have the option. It, it, right. it just sort of slides you along. Yeah. it just You just it's do these things. Making certain decisions you don't, for you. You are making choices. You don't have any other, you know, <laughs> the door is closed literally yeah. automatically every time for you, like, going to Instagram. Say. Yeah.
1: But you're choosing, you're making one big decision in order to Correct. avoid a bunch of smaller decisions. Yeah. I just had this analogy, but I have, like, a hybrid car, okay? I got a hybrid car years ago
2: because right. I honestly wanted one that was more fuel efficient and also was better for the planet. Google Maps recently just started offering, have you seen this? They'll be like, this route is a little bit more eco-friendly. Oh, really? The is another route. And I think it probably has to do with like average speed on the route because, you know, if you go really fast, like on the interstates, it's something that's less eco-friendly. Sure. I don't care that much to choose that. <laughs> like, I just want to choose the road that gets me there the fastest. Okay. And that's a bunch of small choices. But the fact that I made one big choice to buy my hybrid car back in the day yeah. sort of takes care of some of that for me, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And right. I think you're saying that. We make this one sort of big choice with the phone. And now I'm not making small choices before dinner, after yeah. dinner. I'm yeah. not going to use Instagram. Yeah. I'm not going to use Instagram like all day, every day,
1: <laughs> right? Well, and I think it would be interesting for there maybe to be, I don't know, grade levels of, of the phone. So there's, you yeah. know, there are tool access levels and there's, you know, basic level access. Maybe they never have the entertainment level access or the social media access. You know, he even talked about sort yeah. of, you, you need to give kids. Yes, right. Sort of these increasing levels of responsibility over time and how can how could a phone support that sort of approach he was so right on that i love that we we've talked about kids and parenting
2: some yep. but we usually said that this is a different thing mm-hmm. than the conversation around adults because there's so much we don't know still about how you know, kids form with digital technology, their brains, their language, their family structures. You know, we're learning all that now. But he talked about the dignity of getting kids certain rails and choices, which I thought was great. Like, I think he talked about giving his kids, and this was interesting, and like an Alexa device or a... Uh voice it series or something and and they let them have that first instead of a screen mm-hmm. and they liked that they got to choose what they wanted to ask, you right. know, and they, right. I just gave my niece actually an Alexa for her twelfth birthday, huh. and my my sister said it was fine, so <laughs> she she, got like, permission. she would actually like this, and I honestly had an extra one so <laughs> so I, I sent it to her and Erica said she likes to, like, ask for spelling correction Mm -hmm. for her Mm -hmm. homework, but she's allowing it in some math, and then she acts at some facts, but it's sort of limited in the rails it can do, Yeah. but also she has total control over it's hers. Yeah. Chris Casper seems to really get that idea that kids need that total control within limits, Mm -hmm. and then you sort of release
1: that control as you get older. I thought that was super smart. Kudos on that. Yeah, and maybe, Chris, if you're listening... That's your next option is creating sort of that next, what's the next grade level kind of. Maybe you can unlock different levels on the phone as long Ooh. as he gets older. Yeah, you know?
2: exactly. And now you asked about this, the self-control. But how do we learn self-control as adults if, right. we don't, if it's done for us? I was so glad you asked that. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Because that's exactly what I was thinking when he was talking. I was like, well, yeah, but we need to be able to do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so how could I graduate into that? Maybe I'm an adult that needs those restrictions for a year. Yeah. And then I slowly right. undo them yeah. for myself. Not in a way that it's like the blocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that he talked about, you know, some of these blockers like for porn or mm-hmm. for like these limitations mm-hmm. that you can put on some of the phones. Well, people just undo them when they don't right. want them like you undoing that TikTok block on your Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So he's like, this is hardwired into it. And it's right. I'm pretty sure they're using an Android
1: phone and and flashing the ROM on it. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they're putting their own operating system on an Android yeah. phone. He he told me people just associate a device with a software. And he wanted to sell just the software, but they they, they found that nobody wanted to load the software themselves, and so he... Ultimately, you know, went with a, a, a physical device. They're calling it Wise OS, Wise yeah. Operating System. And you, I've actually done this
2: when you jailbreak a phone, either for an iPhone or an Android, you sideload this. But yeah. it takes a ton of technical steps. Yeah. It's not something that you can easily disable. And so it makes a lot of sense what he was saying about that. Mm-hmm. No, I thought all that stuff's great. The only, thing, I have one or two nitpicks on why <laughs> another, uh, which you might not be surprised about. One is like, I'm just going to say, They tried to create a simple phone by the menu. People have to go look on our website or on his website to see a photo of the phone. But the homepage doesn't look like a bunch of icons. It looks like the word clock and then the word calculator typed out, right? It's C-A-L-C, spelling it out, or the word maps, M-A-P-S. And you like tap the word typed out to get to the
1: app, right? And and that's a very sort of maybe adult way to think about it, right? Well, as a communication scholar, you sort of actually think that Typography, typing out a word
2: like that, adds more technology to it, not less. For instance, when you're in an airport, you will see a baggage claim and an arrow, but there's a reason they don't do it in ten languages all in one sign, we can't fit it. Right. But they do do an icon of a suitcase. Do right. an arrow, right. <laughs> right? Right. And everyone, I don't care what country you're from or what language you speak globally, now understands to follow the icon of the suitcase. <laughs> yeah. And the reason is, is because it's closer to the real world. Right. We have a real object in the real mm-hmm. world, and we're imaging that with a simplified icon. It's not like they did it wrong and an English speaker is going to be able to understand these things on the front of the screen. It's just that it's not automatically simpler to do
1: words on a thing. It's almost simpler to actually do the image. That's the power of branding, right? I remember even with my niece and nephews, when they were really young and they couldn't read yet, You'd show them a brand, like the Lego brand logo, oh, wow, wow. and they would be like, Lego, <laughs> right, right, right? Right? They're not reading, but they are reading in, in some level. Right. They're reading right. the brand logo. Right. So they, they're able to process that sort of image and understand it.
2: Yeah. They chose the text because it looks sort of cool and it's very different than other phones. But if you want to be tech less, you would use the image actually, even though, even though we think of images as being associated with the bad parts of smartphones, simple images are actually just really human.
1: I think that could be a great alternative.
2: The other thing about this, for instance, you can text message on this phone. So I can SMS message. It's the old texting standard. It doesn't allow things like a FaceTime call right? Mm Or a video or a Zoom call. And sometimes we think of those things as really high tech, but this is a good example. And I think communications technologies can particularly do this where it's more natural and more human and potentially less addicting, I think, Mm -hmm. to have the full interface of the other person, their facial expressions, their voice tone, their eyes and all these things. A text message existed because that's all we could do. We could (laughs) send tiny little packets of data across these wires at first. And that's like, that was hard. Remember T9? Like it was like, (laughs) and it took a bit. You know, now we have this wider bandwidth. It's almost like it's like nostalgic for just the very immediate past as a way of helping us be more human. But I think it helps us be more human if the only thing you might be able to do is FaceTime, Mm -hmm. and you couldn't do the text. That's an interesting suggestion. It would be more human and more connected, but less addictive,
1: perhaps. Well, I don't know. What do you think of that? I I think it's a really interesting thought. It is thinking around, around the affordances because a text message can be asynchronous, and you can send one to someone and Correct. You know, they get a ding or they... Well, I think
2: on this phone, they have a little dot that lights up really yeah, minimalistically yeah, yeah. on yeah. the front. That's right, it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, Notifications. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. FaceTiming, you have to pick up. And you can probably only pick up in certain circumstances. I don't know. You can't pick up at church. <laughs> right. You can text in church. But but you can't FaceTime in church, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just- but, but I do understand where you're coming from. Sure, FaceTime is more high tech, but it's also more human- more natural, if you will. Exactly. Not necessarily all the low-tech things were the best
2: things um, for us. Mm-hmm. Either way, I thought this phone is sort of cool. I think because it does have the touch interface that's modern and the two things that I thought were going to be missing, but they weren't, maps and a camera. Mm. And th- I use those possibly the most, more than an actual phone call. Right. Yeah, like I right. use maps all the time and I use the camera all the time. Uh, you know, I could see me using it part-time. You could, yeah, Really? Part-time. Just like he said, he wow. would use it. But I could see, like, having some days where, like, these are wise phone days. For so you. I thought the interview was super cool. I thought Chris was a cool guy.
1: He's super thoughtful, and I appreciate that. The techless wise phone. I think some people are going to really want to check this out, actually. Absolutely. If only to support what he's doing, go check it out. You know, there are a lot of parents out there who are looking for a solution kind of as an interim with their kids. And I think this would be a good option for their kids and probably for them as well. Okay, Chris, are you ready? Because it's time for vice or virtue. T9. (laughs)
2: Like texting on a a number pad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like my Nokia 3310. Oh, wow. Look at you pulling out model numbers. I, I looked it up before I asked the question. <laughs> Nokia 3310, you're using the keypad to like text, right? You had to do like two, three times to get to the sea and I don't know, all those things.
2: Some people had that memorized.
1: Yeah, you could do it while you were like driving. Like you could fly on it. All right there on your thumb. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, I had a Samsung flip song of some kind. I don't know what the model number is. Thank you, Mister. Was, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't a razor. No. What? No, no. No. It
2: was a crappier
1: version of a razor.
2: <laughs> it was right before the razor, I think. So it's not that thin. It was like it was like at least two inches thick. Yeah. But some old guys would have like a holster for it. You know, like the leather belt thing. Old guys, whatever. You had one?
1: Did you ever have one, Chris? I never had a holster. Okay, no, good. I'm
2: much cooler than that. But I was not cool enough to use T9. What? I, no. You didn't but, use T9? Not really. Because here, listen, I didn't text on that phone. I only ever did calls. This is when I was a campus missionary. And I would use that phone to, like, call financial supporters. I remember this, running around Chicago and, like, talking to people. Oh, my word. You know, I met some people at different churches, and i call up and ask them if they'd want to meet and hear about the campus ministry. But I would use the cell phone. No way. But I didn't, we didn't really text then. You didn't text people at that time, like, not strangers. And it was, like, pretty new. And I also had a Palm Pilot. Thank you very much. And I was Ooh, using the, the Palm, Palm 3 pilot. and then the Palm 5. With a little, and then the, uh, with a the stylus. With yes, a yeah. stylus. Yeah, with a stylus. And a trail. Do you remember the trails? They were the yep. successor of the Palm Pilot. And they had like the typable keyboard with mm-hmm. your thumbs, but there were actual buttons for Which every letter on the like keyboard. The precursor to the Blackberry. Well, it was actually the Blackberry was before it, but this was like Palm made their version yeah, yeah, of the yeah. Blackberry, but it was actually really good. Yeah, and actually a designer from Apple had come over and helped with that too. So it was actually super cool. I was really proud of having that, but I, that's the first time I started typing on those things, like with my, with my thumbs, right? So yeah. I never had to use T9. I always thought T9 was terrible, inconvenient. Who the heck wants to type three letters? I mean, Mm. the only other time we did that is in the 80s when we were kids and we were trying to press the, like, type out that 1-800 number they did on the screen. Call this number now. And it's a letter. And you're like, I don't know what number that is. (laughs) So my point is it's terrible. It's inconvenient. You want to die. It's advice.
1: You know, I wrote a lot of my term papers on T9. <laughs> <laughs> not really. No. no okay. <laughs> no, not really. I, I did a lot of philosophical argumentation, very nuanced argumentation on, on my T9. No, it just makes me think of Neil Postman who said, you know, with smoke signals, you never do philosophy. Why is that? Because the media matters, right? <laughs> And so I think about T9 and I think about that. I, yeah, I use that Nokia phone. Oh, I phone. hate actually that quote from Bozeman. Oh, but I like, it's true, but he's wrong as what Okay. Uh, I, I remember using that Nokia and it had, each number had a different ringtone. So it would go doot, 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 do, or something like that. Oh, that's bad. So, but I, you were able to record your own ringtone by programming it into the phone using that keypad. So I wrote a song and I punched it in <laughs> using the nine nine keypad, and and that was my ringtone, and it was fantastic. I really feel nostalgic and sad right now because I miss it. So T nine is definitely a virtue, absolutely.
2: <laughs> well, techless, our suggestion is you add T nine to the wise phone. Then mm-hmm. apparently, uh, good episode, man. Good talking with you. Yeah, see us. It's been great.